Amen. Thank you. You can be seated this morning. It's great to have you here with us at Grace Church. It's really an honor to have you here with us. I want to start out just by saying Happy Easter. It's good to have you. Amen. If uh, when you walked in this morning, you were handed an information sheet and uh, it has some information on the front and on the back, it has five words that are written on this sheet. And uh, this is really important. Uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, keep it readily available, to have it handy because we're going to work with it in just a moment. But this sheet is going to be useful for every single person in just a few moments. So if you don't have this um, sheet when you walked in, I'm going to ask the ushers to pass them out to you. If you could just raise your hand so that that way you have it and they will make sure and get one to you um, as soon as we can. So, uh, So thank you. Just raise your hand if you don't have that. You know, when I was younger, I was talking with a friend of mine who was very far from God. And as we were conversing as we were having conversation, he asked me why I was a Christian. He just simply asked, why why are you a Christian? And I tried to explain to my friend why I was a Christian. And as I was partway through that explanation, he stopped me and he said, I don't understand a word you're saying. I have no clue what you're talking about. I I didn't grow up in church. I don't have a spiritual background. I I don't even understand the concepts that you're talking about. And he asked me, he said, can you start from the beginning and can you help me understand the overarching story of God? Can you help me sort this out? I, I was really frustrated with myself to be honest with you, because I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared to tell him the overarching story of God, the story of his redemptive work and how it applies to humanity. I had, you know, little chunks and pieces here and there, but I wasn't ready to do what he asked me to do. So this morning, I'm going to use the five words that's on that information uh, sheet that you have there on the back sermon notes. I'm going to use those five words to communicate the overarching story of God. The whole thing started with love. There's a God with an extraordinary capacity to love. This world did not begin with some random collision of gases. It didn't happen by chance. It wasn't some evolutionary cycle that brought this all together. There was a God with this incredible capacity to love and He created the heavens and He created the earth. And He created mankind with the ability to love so that they could love each other, so He could love them, and so they could return His love. It was all motivated by love. Christianity is the only major religion in the world of which that can be said. The whole thing was motivated by love. And then came evil. You'd have to be crazy to say there is no such thing as evil. 
Evil is alive and well, and it's on the loose in this world. When evil came into the world, it wrecked havoc on humanity. As a matter of fact, humanity chose evil over God. And in just a very short period of time, the violence started, and then came murder, and then came wars, followed by bloodshed, parents doing unspeakable things to their children. The whole thing went from bad to worse very, very fast. The whole story of mankind has been affected by the entrance of evil in this world. Some of you have been damaged by evil. People have done terrible things to you. You've made terrible choices. And you would agree that it was provoked by evil. I, I have to be honest, I have, some, I have done some really stupid things in my life. And I have, at times, made some very horrible choices. And after those choices were made, I would think back and I would ask myself, why in God's name At this point in my life, would I say such a thing? Would I think such a thing? Why would I do such a thing? And all of a sudden, I realize it's evil attempting to do its terrible work in my life and in this world. All you need to do is watch the evening news tonight to know that evil is on the loose. It's a fact, church. It all started with love. Evil came onto the scene. And then God sent a cure. Jesus Christ, His only Son. He comes to this earth. He lives a perfect, sinless life. He teaches us the truth and He demonstrates or He shows us how to live life to the fullest. And then He shoulders all the sin and the evil of the whole world. He puts on his shoulders, he puts all the sin, all the evil of the whole world, and then he dies a redeeming, sacrificial death for the sins of you and I. And when evil thought it had won, Jesus came bursting forth from the tomb on the third day, proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that He was, in fact, God's Son. And this event, the resurrection of Jesus, paved the way for all of us to be resurrected one day. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was the pivotal point in all of human history. Two more words I'll briefly explain to you. The first word is decide. I believe the gutsiest thing God did when He created mankind was He gave us the ability to decide. He could have put a computer chip in the brain of Adam and Eve. He could have pre-programmed all of us to carry out His purposes, to do His will or to do His program. But He didn't. God said, I'm going to create these human beings with the ability to decide. So free is that will 
we can actually reject God. We can reject the cure. We can choose evil. That's how free to decide we really are. So you have decisions to make, and I can't make them for you. So so hold on to that thought for just a second. Did you know that the most devastating disease in history was smallpox? Hundreds of millions of people died from smallpox. 300 million people have died from smallpox in the 20th century alone. More than the war casualties of all the wars in the 20th century combined. 300 million, almost the population of the United States of America. Thankfully, a vaccine was discovered. But simply having the vaccine available didn't protect you. One by one, people had to decide. They had to make a decision to call a doctor, to go in, and to get immunized. And if they did, they were protected from the disease. But if they didn't, and believe it or not, millions of people, even though the vaccine was readily available, millions of people didn't take it and they died. Bad choice, wouldn't you say? This is similar to Christianity. Christ came into the world to be the cure for everyone. And that's all fine and well, but individuals have to apply the cure. Just like individuals with smallpox had to go to a doctor to get immunized personally from the disease. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus provided the cure, but you have to decide. You have to call upon the name of the Lord. You've got to admit that you need a cure. You've got to humble yourself and ask for the cure. You've got to ask that the anointing work of Jesus Christ be applied to the sin and the evil in your life. And when you call on the name of the Lord, you will be rescued. You'll receive the cure to the disease of sin in your life. And after you receive that cure, exciting things happen. And that leads us to the last word that I want to talk to you about. The last word is new. And I just love the sound of that word, new. We're entering a wonderful time of the year called spring. It's a time when everything comes back to life. Everything looks new. Church, listen, God loves you. He understands that some of you have been damaged by parents. Some of you have been damaged by husbands and wives or by siblings. Some of you have been screwed over in business deals. Some of you have been on the receiving end of wrongdoing. Some of you have had terrible things happen to you. You may even feel like your life should just be pitched into a dumpster. 
because you feel like it's beyond repair. God loves you. He loves you. If you decide to put your faith in Jesus Christ, here's the promise from God himself, from his word. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, if you decide to follow Jesus, you are a new creation. Old things, the damaged things, will pass away and all things, all things, every part of you can become new. One of the great advantages and one, honestly one of the great delights of serving in a church is being able to see people become new, which is even more miraculous in the process of spring. I've seen people walk through those doors damaged and bitter and angry and out of hope. And I've seen them decide to follow Jesus and God begins the process of making them new. And in Christ, they find hope. They find a vision for who they can become in Christ. They get connected to other Christ followers and pretty soon, the internal work of the Holy Spirit changes people. People filled with hate become loving people, greedy people, you know, people who live only for themselves and the acquisition of more and more silly materialistic goods that doesn't mean a hill of beans in the overall scheme of things. You know, greedy people become generous people who use their money as tools to help people who have less. People who walk in holding grudges wind up forgiving those people that hurt them. Every kind of broken relationship can be made new through the power of Jesus Christ. You know, I just stand in awe. I stand in awe of the transforming power of God. It's incredible. And God doesn't just make the inner person new. God puts within people over a period of time a vision for this broken world. He doesn't redeem us and then just take us to heaven. He leaves us here and He gives us a vision so that we can do something with that redemption. We can do something to help make this broken world new. You know, before Christ, maybe you would see all kinds of racism and injustice and evil and it wouldn't bother you that much. But then you get this new mindset from God. He redeems your mind And you begin to see the abundance of evil and you say, now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Like before, I I didn't care. I, I didn't care at all, but now this is bothering me. Wait a minute, no more of this. I'm I'm done building walls. It's time to build bridges. Because of Christ, you now have compassion for the brokenness in the world around you. God gives you a personal vision and you say, no more. No more of this. I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a difference even if it's a little difference. 
in Jesus, we now have a vision for restoring this broken world little piece by little piece by little piece. No, this is the motivation of why we even exist as a church. It's our vision. It's what we're all about. Jesus never intended spiritual maturity to be an end in itself. Spiritual growth is for ministry. We grow up in order to go out. It's not enough to just keep learning more and more. We must act on what we know and practice what we claim to believe. Study without service leads to spiritual... That's what it leads to. The old comparison between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea is still true. The Sea of Galilee is a lake full of life because it takes in water, but it also gives it out. In contrast, nothing lives in the Dead Sea because there is nothing going out. The Dead Sea just takes in, and there is no outflow, and the lake becomes... Many Christians already know far more than they're putting into practice. And what we need are serving experiences in which we can serve and we can practice our faith. And as we grow in Christ, the focus of our lives should shift to living a life of service. Instead of being like this before Christ and we're trying to accumulate and hold and hoard after Christ, we are now like this. And we want to serve and our hands are open to to do and to go wherever God leads. And when we collectively go out, we can play a part in making this broken world new. Now, why would we do this? Because God has made us new. Can I just be honest with you for a second? If it was up to me, I would not do this. I would not care. But the only reason that Justin Ross cares is because of the transforming work of Christ in my life. He has made me new. He's given me a vision. It's not from me. It's from him to see broken people become new. Today, we're launching one of the largest outreach initiatives our church has ever attempted. And we're calling it Love This Town. In fact, more properly, it's Love This Dot Town. Okay? The name actually leads you to the website. We're launching a community presence like never before. And the motivation is to serve. The motivation behind this is to love and to bless our community. We love this town. And we love the surrounding communities. We are for these towns. And the Lord has been working on this church has been working on our hearts, preparing us as a church to reach out more, to serve more, uh, to truly become a church that goes out, both locally and even globally. So the plan is to have a meaningful presence at all the big and maybe even some of the small community-wide events. What that means is when snowdown comes around, we have a great float in the parade. 
when the fair rolls around, we have a car in the demolition derby. Okay? When the, yeah. We have a driver. When the Iron Horse Bicycle Classic is happening, we're handing out water, we're setting up barricades. When the San Juan Brew Fest happens, we're there with an army of designated drivers, which they do need and use, by the way. Some events will simply give us a broom and ask us to clean up the mess. Some will give us an opportunity to set up a canopy and, and raise money for South Africa. Some will push us to be creative in what a meaningful presence looks like. But at the very least, church, at the very least, we will be there with our community, enjoying the event, loving our town, and maybe, just maybe, meeting a neighbor or two. Being at these events will be a great first step towards knowing and loving our community well. It will be simple. It will be a simple step. It will be a fun, hopefully a really fun step towards being a church that is truly going out, truly making a difference in its community and serving. It's going to be on the foundation of service. So as you pulled up today, you may have seen a canopy outside the front doors of the church, and we're asking you, we're asking everyone else in our church to sign up for the Love This Town effort. By signing up, what that means is that you're going to receive notifications on upcoming events. So you'll get the when, the where, and how you can serve. Signing up doesn't obligate you to serve at every event. It just provides you with the opportunity to serve. Okay, so... There's a good seven or eight events before the end of August just to give you an idea of the potential scope of the ministry and the need for volunteers. We believe this first united effort of going out into our community will lead to greater things as we learn to serve together and as we get to know our community. Serving in this way will make our hearts for ministry expand. It will prepare us for greater things, things in the future. And, and did I mention t-shirts? Did I say anything about that? We, we had to get t-shirts, right? So after the service, sign up at the tent, and you just might get one. I don't know how many we have, so you may not get one. Okay. But if I could just summarize quickly, why are we doing this? Why? Because we can't love people we don't know. God makes us new internally and then he gives us a redeeming mindset. Now get this. This is why I love the word new. The Bible says at the end of your life if you decide to follow Jesus he will resurrect you and you'll be ultimately made new on the other side of this life. You'll receive a new body. You'll live in a new unbroken environment. You'll live in perfect community in the presence of God forever. Everyone that decides to follow Christ will ultimately be made new. We're going to do something in the next two minutes or so that I don't think, I don't think we've ever done here. We're going to formally, in the presence of God, this is just between you and God, okay? 
We're going to do what historically has been called a profession of faith, where you actually make a declaration of what you believe and what you don't believe. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through each of those words that are on the sermon notes there. And I'm going to make a few statements. And at the end of those statements, I'm going to ask, if, if you believe this, if, if this is your conviction, if you can say like Martin Luther in the time of the Reformation, here I stand, I cannot do otherwise. This is what I believe. My, my spouse may not believe it. My kids may not believe it. My parents may not. But this is what I believe. So if you believe it after the statement, I'm going to ask you to circle that word. Circle it once. Circle it a hundred times. Poke a hole through it. Whatever floats your boat. Okay? And we'll just see what God does. Are you ready? I'll start with the first word. Do you believe a God full of love created the earth, created humankind, and built within them the ability to love? Do you believe this whole thing was created by a loving God? Would you say yes? Yes, I believe that. If so, I just want you to circle the word love. Circle it. Do you believe that evil exists? Do you believe evil has caused all kinds of chaos throughout history? Do you believe that evil not only exists, but you've actually seen evil's touch in your own life? Would you agree that you've made terrible choices from time to time? That you've actually rebelled against God and you've actually chosen to do evil from time to time? Do you believe there's a force of evil at work in this world? And if you can say, yep, I believe that's true, then I'm going to ask you to circle the word evil. Thirdly, this, this is a good one, church. Do you believe when God saw the chaos that evil had caused in humanity, do you believe God sent His only Son, Jesus, to die a substitutionary death for the sins of the world? He died in your place. Do you believe He was resurrected on the third day? Do you believe that Jesus ascended back up into uh, heaven and He's with the Father and He's currently working now to build His church and He will come again someday to receive His church? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world? Do you believe that? If so, circle the word cure. And I would suggest circling that one a couple times. Now here's a big one too. Have you at some point in your life called on the cure? Have you called on the name of of Jesus Christ? Have you said, I need you to be the cure for my illness of sin? I need to be immunized from my disease of sin. I need to be forgiven from my past and I need a leader for my future. Have you 
ever made the decision to follow Jesus Christ. And listen, if you're a little fuzzy about this right now, you can decide right now in this moment. You can decide to follow Jesus. So if you have in the past, or if you want to decide right now, then circle the word decide. Just circle that word. And finally, do you believe when you made the decision to follow Jesus that old things passed away and God began to make all things new in your life? Do you believe however much you've been damaged through your choices or the bad choices of others, do you believe that God wants to and can do a redeeming work in your life? Do you believe He can make relationships new? Do you believe He will ultimately make you new in heaven someday? If you believe that, church, then circle the word new. I'm going to ask us all to stand this morning. And while you're standing, I just want to make a a few comments. Some of you might be one for five, okay? Maybe you're two for five. You couldn't circle all the words. I could, you know, maybe you could only circle a couple. It, it doesn't mean you failed a test, okay? It shows you where you can read, where you can ask questions, where you can do additional research, where you can read the Bible to get more information. If you couldn't circle all five, Again, it's not a defeat. Don't take it as a defeat. Maybe a year ago, you know, you would have been 0 for 5. Maybe this is a sign of a little progress. But for those of you who said, you know what? I believe all this stuff. I believe it. I believe the entire message of the redeeming story of God. And I'm willing to proclaim that story without embarrassment before God today. Without embarrassment, I'm willing to say, I believe this stuff. I'm just going to ask you, if you would, would you just hold up these words? Just hold them up in the air as a proclamation, not to others so much, but as to God, saying, here I stand. This is what I believe. And I'm banking everything on this belief right here and right now. You know, God sees this, church. He sees it. And the scripture says, whoever professes Christ or makes a confession of faith, it's the kind of thing that honors God. It honors Him. And it's an honor to have you here with us this morning. I'm going to close in prayer. But before I do, let me just encourage you to go to the tent after the service and to sign up for Love This Town. We're going to do our best to love this town well. And if you could only circle just a couple words once again this morning, or maybe you couldn't circle any at all, I just would like to encourage you that we have a prayer room right outside the auditorium. You take a right, there's a prayer room, and uh, there's going to be some great people in there who will be there to, uh, that would love to pray with you Uh, They would love to pray for you. They would like to offer encouragement if you have questions about your faith. 
And, they, they, and their whole goal is to encourage you along on your journey of faith. Let me just remind you, God loves you. He's conquered evil. He's provided the cure to our sin problem by sending his son, Jesus. But he will not force you to follow him. You have to decide. And when you do, when you decide to follow Jesus, God will begin the work of making you and your life new and all things around you new. So I encourage you, give your life to Jesus today. And lastly, in 1 John chapter 5, the first part of verse 1, the Apostle John says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, that He is God, that He is the Savior, that He is God's Son and your Savior, the Apostle goes on to say, then you are a child of God. Any closing prayer this morning? Father, thank You so much once again, for sending your son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for paying our debt. And God, I pray that if there are some here today who still have questions and doubts and thoughts, I pray that they would, and they would dive into your word first and foremost, and they would seek you through reading the scriptures. I pray that they would not be afraid to ask questions. God, you're not afraid of questions. I pray that people would not be afraid to ask questions and to, to, to search and to research and to really find out, is this stuff true or not? And I, I'm just trusting, Lord, like the scripture says, if they seek with their heart, with their mind, scripture promises they will find you. So I pray that if there are some who are seeking today, that they would continue that journey and they I'm just trusting, Lord, that you're going to make yourself known to them. And we love you, Father. We praise you. And I just pray that you will continue to help us as a church to be a blessing in this community, to love this community, and to make um, La Plata County better and stronger and healthier. And uh, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.